When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. Hey, welcome back in from the weekend. Hope it was a great one. The South Florida Morning Show. Jen's back tomorrow. She had a nice weekend up north with the family. Looked like a great event. She'll be back tomorrow. There's Diener. I'm Bill. So we were, uh, like you probably were, in the news update at the top of the hour taking a look at this Idalia. there could they have this thing pretty much everybody in agreement coming ashore on the panhandle somewhere in a couple of days as like a three now they're saying yeah didn't want to see that no and it's funny because this is how, how quickly it changed it we, really has so quick and even just within the past hour mm. you know we started the show and I said wow. on the break I was like you know this I seen some models putting this thing as a category three when it makes makes landfall I'm like I'm not even sure I want to put that out there you know they're just speculating and then within like half an hour it came out and they said yeah that's 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 the consensus now it's the official forecast is for it to make landfall as a three possibly Wednesday morning somewhere yeah. in the uh maybe Cedar key area don't of like it that big Bend area. So, Man. obviously a tropical storm now, but heading towards Florida. Uh, Hurricane Center says it could be here as soon as Wednesday. But again, that's something else that can change, you know, the speed of this thing. Well, and also, too, you know, anybody, you know, I say Cedar Key, you're talking about the the center of the storm. Mm, right. But one trend that I, it's, it's a little concerning, I'm not going to lie, that I've noticed over the past couple of days is this thing, the cone has been moving further south a little bit. So you start talking about areas, you know, like Tampa getting into the cone and things like that. So it's just, it's something to definitely keep an eye on because it's coming one way or the other. It's just a matter of where the most impacts are felt. I just always worry about the panhandle and the Gulf. I just always do. The first concern is the warm water because it just intensifies. As we're seeing, like live this morning, yeah, so quickly. And then the storm surge in that area just stinks, man. That That's just... I know. So obviously... Um, is a state of emergency declared in just about half the state. It's about half the counties. DeSantis is skipping campaign events today. Good, obviously, to be back in the state. He announced mm-hmm. yesterday he's canceling appearances in South Carolina in response. Uh, there's also about 300 FHP troopers, I guess, ready to deploy. FDOT is standing by. So, you know, and you always say this, Diener, and you're right. It's it's the amount of time you have to prepare. It's not just people; it's the state too, which helps. Yeah, that's true. And though this was something that people really started to keep an eye on, and around Thursday ish, um, you know, the models were showing that it was going to turn into something, maybe maybe a Category One hurricane, you know, at the most. But obviously, that's the hardest thing to predict is intensity, because now we're saying just over the past twenty four hours they've started to predict this as a Category Three, and now this morning that is the. The consensus. So you still got a couple of days. I mean, yeah. pretty much 48 hours from now. Right. Um, to, to get things together in that area. So it's just, hey, gosh, man, these things, when you're not paying attention to it, they really just spring up on you. I really do. I mean, this you is know? just, I can't, I, I was, we really shouldn't be. We've talked about these for so many years, but it's just, I was really kind of shocked just this morning how much this thing intensified over yeah. there. But I don't know. We'll keep you updated if you got concerns. I know a lot of people do have uh, concerns over there, whether it's property or people. 
People is really what matters there. In the meantime, we'll get to some good news here in a second, but uh, just to cover this for you, the deadly shooting in Jacksonville is being investigated as a hate crime. President Biden said yesterday it'll be the subject of a federal civil rights investigation. Mm. That's a new update on that. Uh, Governor DeSantis talked about it as well at uh, one of his campaign events. Boy, he's got a lot in his plate today, doesn't he? Dealing with this and the storm, this is what he said. This shooting, based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this, was racially motivated. Uh, he was targeting people based on their race. Uh, that is totally unacceptable. It's crazy to go into a retail store. It's a Dollar General store where this happened. Just in- insanity. And so far what the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office is saying is that they didn't pick up on any ide- ideologies whatsoever. We are not a community of hate. We stand united with the good and decent people of this city. We reject this inexcusable violence. Listen to how he also described this guy. Though. He was just completely irrational. What is irrational? What is irrational thoughts? He knew what he was doing. He was 100% lucid. Irrational but lucid. Yeah, it's a weird mix. I mean, so you're basically just an absolute, you know, loony bin. Right? And that's you, all it you, is. You're, I mean, you're just a psycho. You know, I don't know if you look into an agenda or anything else. Maybe it was just an absolute lunatic. This is completely and totally possible. It's just, God, it's just awful, man. You know, this is one of those things where you just, you're just going shopping. You know, you're in yeah. a Dollar General store, and this maniac walks in and starts shooting, kill three people. Bad. It's just awful. Another bad thing. God. All right, we need some good news, don't we? And I think yes, we please. got it in the form of the Little League World Series. It's got to be one of our favorite events of all time. And lo and behold. Team USA, this time in the form of Southern California, won the Little League World Series. I don't know if you caught any of this over the weekend. What a great tournament. This was great. And oh, just I a, love how they do this. I love how this finished. So much so that I think it might go on the morning show blog today. I think it should. Yeah, it's a feel-good thing. Because how often have we had wins in the Little League World Series on a walk-off win? Exactly. At the ping of the bat. <laughs> Not the crack of the bat, but the no. ping of the aluminum bat. It all went down like this. Hold on. Went down like this. Curacao has not allowed a home run at the World Series. Challenged him, and this game is over! Lewis Lappy does it again! California, your Little League World Series champs on a walk-off home run! How cool is that? I didn't catch it last time we played that. I think the announcer totally jinxed the Curacao pitcher. I was about to say it was the announcer jinx. I think that's Carl Ravitch, if I'm not mistaken. Is I might be him? wrong, but I think so, but I might be wrong. But they've never allowed. <laughs> oh, there it is! Yeah, there it is! Oh God! <laughs> I haven't allowed a home run this entire time, and <laughs> oh, there it goes. California wins the World Series. Oh, my God! <laughs> it's great to see, though. You know, it's uh, an American team win for these for these kids, and normally it's Japan that wins. Honestly, they've. Great teams every single year. It's, it's amazing how it's it really the way it went through. We said this last time. Such a long. It had to be two decades run of getting beaten by the Southeast Asian teams, Japan. Yeah. For a long, long time. They finally evened it up a little bit, but good for Southern California. Yeah, and even, you know, like uh, Curacao making it in the final yeah. two, so that's great for them. But, man, what a what a cool moment for that kid and his family. I mean, he'll have that memory forever. You know, uh, I hit the walk-off homeward to win the World Series. There's How cool is that? There's a crazy amount of Major League players, past and present, that have played in this tournament, too. There's a, a ton. That's true. Which makes sense, I guess. I saw, there's, and if you have won a World Series, I saw this stat. A guy that you'll know, Jason Veritek, mm. catcher from from the Red Sox, right? A great catcher, he's a legend for the Red Sox. I think I think I I got this right. He's the only player 
in baseball history. Baseball history to win a Little League World Series. I think it was a high school championship, the yep. College World Series, and the World Series. Yep. All it's unreal. Them. And to add to it, f- has caught four no-hitters. Wow. That's a career, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's amazing. My God. Actually, Ron DeSantis played in the Little League World Series, too, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. The How man from DeLand. <laughs> we'll talk about him. Apparently, at a speaking event, I'm still trying to find this, reportedly he was pretty heavily uh, uh, heckled as he was holding a little memori- little impromptu memorial for the Jacksonville event. Yeah, well, about that. He has cancer. We'll update you on Adalia, too, and uh, how this thing is really intensified, mm. gearing towards the Florida Panhandle. We'll yeah. update you on that. But some more good news for a Monday. Little kid decided to set up a lemonade stand in Seattle. How'd it go? No big deal, right? Yeah. But he decided to uh, dedicate all the money and uh, gear it towards victims of the Maui fires. You will not believe how much money this kid raised. Really? It's incredible. Oh, that's awesome. Might be the single biggest individual uh, raise of funds for any event. Very cool. Good. And more coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. The shooting based on the manifesto that they've discovered from from the scumbag that did this was racially motivated. Uh, He was targeting people based on their race. Uh, That is totally unacceptable. So that was uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Obviously, he's got a couple of different things to deal with today with the storm we'll get to here in a minute. And also uh, Memorial for the Jacksonville shooting victims up there. Apparently, and I still have not seen video or heard audio, but it's being reported and written about a lot. He got heckled pretty badly, apparently, at that uh, make sure. Yeah, they're talking about. I, I haven't heard it either, but you know, it's being reported that some people were yelling out at him, saying it was his fault, and all these different things that are just terrible. One of the quotes is, "Your policies did this." How? Not sure how that works. I mean, I, it's just a matter of of opinion at that point, I guess. Yeah, people, you know, getting at him for maybe gun policies and pro Second Amendment. So, because he's pro Second Amendment, anybody who does something yep. with a gun, it's his You're fault. Right. That's just exactly right, Diener. That's yeah. that's what. It, and what really stinks, what drives me the most crazy about this stuff, besides the obvious tragedy, is nobody ever gets to any answers because it's like the the narrative gets clogged. Now, not even a day after, on the same day of one of these shooting tragedies, nobody wants to come up with any answers. It becomes the gun grabbers versus people fighting, saying, "Listen, you know, don't take don't take guns away from good people. Take them away from the lunatics." And it gets no further from that ever. And that's the thing. And then the, the discussion gets like, you know, mired in this in this bog of a back and forth between pro-gun rights and anti-gun rights. And instead of actually trying to find, you know, realistic solutions. Yeah, I know. Right. Right. <laughs> it's ne- they're never going to take away the Second Amendment. OK, it's just not going to happen. So try to find some type of realistic solution in the middle somewhere. You know, to where right. people can be happy. I'm with you. You know what I'd like to hear beyond this? And it won't. It'll get stalled again. I want to hear about the guy's background. What kind, No one ever brings up, and I want to know, what kind of psychosomatic drugs with this guy on? And that's that should be part of the solution, too. What's his mean, background? Was he already in a mental facility? Was he? Did he escape? Did they close down where he was supposed to be? What are the other incidents? What are the red flags? What should right. he know out for? What was his family? That's what I want to know. And you're not going to hear it. You're just going to hear another gun debate. I'm just that's sick it. of it. Tired of it, and then, and then it goes nowhere. It's the same thing every single time we go around on this carousel, we get nowhere. So he's uh, not going to be candidate to Santa's today. He's uh, skipping campaign events, obviously, to be back in Florida to talk about this. But also the storm that's rapidly approaching the Panhandle. You heard Jennifer Correa, our great meteorologist from Channel Five, uh, say we're going to. 
Stormy squalls coming our way in South Florida because we are the far, far outer bands of this Adalia storm. But that is really pretty shockingly uh, developing some power. It did overnight and even into this morning. They're saying possibly somewhere around the panhandle coming ashore is a three. It really developed so quickly, man. I mean, this thing was just a little... You know, a tropical wave over the weekend became a tropical depression, and they were saying, you know, it's probably going to be a hurricane category one when it gets up to that big bend area of the panhandle. And that was yesterday afternoon, okay, that they were talking about a category one. Right. And now it's still a tropical storm right now. But now we wake up this morning, and people are just waking up on the west coast of Florida and finding out that now they have a forecasted category three to make landfall on Wednesday morning. Such a good point. What if you just got home from a long flight or something? Right. You're like, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that. You wake up in the panhandle. You're like, oh, whoa, where's that? <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, in two days, we're gonna get a category three. What the heck is going on? Yeah. So you just you just gotta stay ready. You know, be vigilant, especially when these things come into the Gulf. It's gonna hit somewhere, whether it's Florida, you know, Alabama, Texas, something, Louisiana. It's gonna go somewhere. So when these things are forecast to go in the Gulf, you just gotta just keep paying attention to it. Because they just develop so quickly. Once they get into the Gulf. I hate the Gulf ones. It just, I do. It just eats that warm water and they it, just blow up. It's not only that, how fast they can you know, grow in power, but it's that storm surge over there. Yeah, that, exactly. That, and you brought this guy up before and you're exactly right. As far back as like early last week, we saw you know, Mike from Mike's Weather page, SpaghettiModels.com. Yep. He was. He was talking about this. He said, this is the one. Watch out for this thing. He did. Wednesday or Thursday he was talking about this. When it was just a blob and it didn't look like it was going to become anything. He was warning people. More so than the weather people. And Yeah, no, you're right. And you talk about the storm surge. They're saying maybe up to 11 feet in, you know, with the high impact area, wherever that ends up being on the West Coast. So that's, uh, man... Not not good. Really, it's, it's it's not a good situation in the next couple of days. All right, we need some good news, and I think we got it again. Listen to this. You know, ever, little kids. St- you know what makes me happy? Little kids still have lemonade stands. I saw. So- I love that. I actually saw a little kid with a lemonade stand in my neighborhood. <laughs> Did you really? I was driving the other day. I'm like, look at this girl. Look at her. Yeah, but it's Port St. Lucie, so she was selling margaritas. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> maybe infused with something. <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, tequila shots. For, you know. It's the pizzle. This five-year-old kid from Seattle uh, started selling lemonade and popsicles to help out the victims of the wildfires in Hawaii. It's awesome. That right there is awesome, right? The Maui Maui Strong Fund. That's where all the funds are, are, are going to. Edison Jewell and his family talking about the huge success of the stand. What kind? About $17,000 worth of success. Wow. Listen to this. We were in uh, Hawaii last week on the Big Island, yeah. and we heard about the fires in Maui. And then yeah. on a family walk on Thursday night, he was like, Mom, maybe we can do one of those stands. It took me a minute, and he was like, a lemonade stand, you know, and I could sell food and popsicles. We're selling popsicles and some toys, sparkling water, suckers. We were shocked at how generous everybody was. With our matching donations, it becomes $16,500. Wow, it's pretty. Now, obviously, the mom is the driving force behind this, but that's pretty awesome. And how sure are you going to turn a five-year-old kid down trying to help Hawaii? Yeah, huh? of course. That's amazing. Obviously, you know, they sounds like they have the means to do so in matching yeah. donations and everything. Oh yeah, they absolutely. were just in Hawaii, so that's really cool, though. Nice-hearted little kid. That's great. Love it. Needed a feel-good story. Yeah. Hopefully, more on that, and uh, we'll update you on everything going on. It's a busy Monday, but we got rapid fire coming up next. Jen is back tomorrow. 
There's Diener. I'm Bill. We'll cover you, update you with everything you need to know coming up next. Time for Jen and Bill's Rapid Fire on News Talk 850 WFTL. Hey, welcome back in for the weekend. Hope it was a great one. Welcome to Monday, the South Florida Morning Show. We're not full strength with Jen back until tomorrow, but we're holding down the fourth. There's Diener. I'm Bill. We'll catch you up with some headlines. There's a lot going on. Uh, first of all, let's talk about this. As of right now, but soon to be Hurricane Adelia, it's a uh, tropical storm right now. This is new, as we've been talking all morning long about this, Diener, how quickly this thing has gained strength. And now everybody seems to be in agreement. It's going to come ashore somewhere near the panhandle at a three. Yeah. And now the latest thing that's developed on this, and man, I hope this thing doesn't hook. uh, Tampa Bay now has officially a hurricane watch and a storm surge watch. That's right. That's the latest addition to that thing. Again, to his credit, I keep bringing him up, and I swear we're not like paid or anything like that, but I just think he does a great job, is Mike's weather page, because he was talking about this thing a few days ago, had some models on this thing that, you know, could cause some trouble, and then earlier this morning, or maybe even late last night, he was talking about the storm surge predictions, the outlooks for the Tampa Bay area, and that's a big concern, because you're talking, even if it stays on the track that it's on now, if it goes towards like the Big Bend area, like Cedar Key, in that area of the panhandle, the way that this, you know, that storm surge works, it gets swelled up and comes around. And that's a bad scenario for Tampa Bay. It's not good. You're talking maybe like seven feet of storm surge to the Tampa Bay area. That would be really bad. Don't want that. So let's hope for the best on that. But, you know, when you you cover these things as as long as we have, you start to look at the wording of it. And this is the first time I've seen it. And this just popped up within this half hour. They're starting to say now, you know, between a one and a three, somewhere north of Tampa. Wow. Wait a minute. In about an hour, they've talked about the panhandle. Yeah. Now they're just now they're just widening the cone and saying north somewhere north of Tampa. That's right. They don't know exactly where. And I think the next couple of updates will be big. But you're right. It's the storm surge you got to worry about in this. That's true. They, I mean, in the high impact area, they're talking about you know maybe something up to around 11 feet foot uh, storm surge. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a lot of developments over the next 24 hours because. Today's going to be a lot of figuring out. Yeah, exactly. And right. then tomorrow's like final preparation day for that area because yeah. they're talking Wednesday morning for land, you know, landfall. Well, as it stands now, you got about half the state under a uh, uh, state emergency watch. I mean, a state of emergency. Uh, about 33 counties. And the governor is obviously urging West Coast residents to get ready for the thing. Got about 1,100 Florida National Guard members activated, ready to go. Florida Highway Patrol troopers, too. So... From the state's perspective, a lot of preparation already already headed that way. Yeah, so that's the good news. That is good. And just, you know, to maybe wrap up a little bit on it, they've done a great job in recent yeah. years when it comes to hurricane response, when it comes to FPL, when it comes to just getting things, you know, back up and running as quickly as possible, emergency management. And you look back on Ian last year, remember how quickly they were able to, you know, get the bridge back up and things like that after that devastation that they experienced. That was amazing. It really was. So it's... um. Yeah, you just hope that this thing is maybe somehow doesn't become as bad as they're thinking it's going to now all of a sudden. Yep. We'll keep you updated. Yeah. But now this is kind of the other way here, Bill. This I found this interesting as far as a uh, sports business type of story. Hmm. ESPN has been struggling. Oh, yeah. There's no way around it. They, they've been Bringing down the Disney stock. They sure are. <laughs> yes. And so there's been speculation that it's possible Disney might try to offload the ESPN properties. So there's two kind of big names here that are involved with this. The first one is Amazon. 
Really? They're saying that uh, Disney and Amazon are in preliminary talks to have a partnership to control ESPN, where Amazon would not necessarily buy it out from, from Disney, but they would actually come into a streaming partnership with wow. Disney. Well, that would be different. How crazy would that be, right? You start streaming college football or different ESPN programming on Amazon as a way to try to, you know, collect some funds for Disney. You're losing out a lot of money with ESPN. And ESPN just signed a new deal with the SEC as well. So it's not like they have bad stuff on them. They're bringing SEC football in. I hate to say it, and it's almost like a burned-out expression now, but honest to God, another clear-cut example of go woke, go broke. When did when did ESPN start to go downhill? Around the time 2019, 2020. That's exactly yes. it. Maybe even a little bit before, but that's really where it, they had. There was a bad era of ESPN there for a while, where they had all, every one of their talk shows, and it even went into Sports Center, where they were just talking about sports issues. Yeah. No. It was bad. You know what I want? The scores. Yeah. I want scores and highlights. That's what I want. It's probably around the yeah, like 2017, 18, but it got really bad. A little better now. During the pandemic, but it's a lot of again, a lot of people didn't go back. Yeah, exactly. The sports issues. No. How about no? The other one they're talking about, though, is Apple. They're ah, saying Apple is a possibility where they just might outright buy it and and take it off of Disney's hands. So you have Disney partnering with Amazon, which would still be a Disney property, wow. but Apple just might outright buy ESPN from Disney. It makes sense, though. I, yeah. I don't know. It seems, like it's been dra- it seems like it's never done well for Disney, but yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit swampy, but what's the latest with uh, Trump? Uh, the first of the Georgia defendants, Mark Meadows, who is the chief of staff, he has a court appearance today in Fulton County. He's going to ask for the entire thing for, as far as his case is concerned to be moved out of the state of Georgia. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. No, it's not. <laughs> but you know what they're accusing him of? Making a phone call to find out who the Georgia electors were. They're like, that's his crime. He, he called asking for numbers and they was like, oh, indict him. What, they say he was trying to intimidate people? What, what, is, I, their, what is their angle here? I have absolutely no idea. The whole thing is <laughs> preposterous. But here's a little scorecard for you. Did you pay attention? We said on Friday we're going to pay attention over the weekend how many Trump shirts you saw. I saw two in the wild. Actually, oh. actually real people walking around with newly printed Trump shirts. Wow. You know, the mugshot shirt. Sure. And then on social media, the first thing I saw, and I sent you this picture, was a guy in Las Vegas who just came out of it, and he did a nice job, too, whoever did it for him. An entire Trump mugshot. Big tattooed on his, uh, his calf. That is dedication right there. Also saw a Trump mural. <laughs> Big mural being painted in Atlanta of all places. Yeah, how about that? There was there was a, a thing that I saw. What do you talk about? Like this, you know, kind of upswell, this this <laughs> rising of support from places you wouldn't expect, or from people maybe who didn't support him before. There was a rapper, and I forget his name, but he's a pretty well known rapper, and he put out a thing basically in summary saying that Trump is about to get a lot of support from the black community because of this. I agree with the guy. I, I could so, absolutely see it. It could be. You basically made by doing this Trump Tupac. Yeah, I mean honestly, it's like And they really did they really think this was gonna this was gonna like affect him at all and make him look bad? It's it's like a badge of honor now. And that's the thing because a lot of people feel like they're being he's being wrongly, you know, prosecuted. It's, it's, it's unjust. And there's a lot of people in this country who can relate to they that. They can relate to you, that. You made Trump relatable. Right. <laughs> Even more so. God. Oh boy! So I'll finish off with this. This I might actually put this on the blog. It was insane. If you did not see this on Saturday night, 
So Daytona had their Coca-Cola race. Oh. It's always at night. They do it every year. It's a big deal. Yep. And by the way, Dusty May, head coach of FAU basketball, was there doing uh, Start Your Engines. Oh, was, really? Yeah, he was, that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. But they had a wreck. And the guy was fine. Walked away from, well, they took him out on a, you know, a stretcher ambulance, but he was fine. It was just all precaution. This thing flipped around 13 times. I have never seen a wreck like this before. He got fishtailed in the pack, went into the grass, and just, for whatever reason, the plates on top of the car there did not hold it down like it's supposed to. And the, the, the corner, the front bumper of the car caught in the grass, and it just started this chain reaction. The forward momentum flipped this thing in the air. It was like something you would see of a Fast and Furious movie. It was unreal. He just walked coming out apart, of the car. Walked out and started coming apart in the, in the air, caught on fire. That's incredible. It was astonishing to see. So if you didn't see this over the weekend, I think I might put this on the Morning Show blog because it is an absolute visual. You have to see this. There was another one, too. I don't think it was the same race. It might have been from Sunday. <clears throat> Somebody else crashed into one of the safer walls, and there's a slow-mo of it. You know, they used to have the concrete walls. It was literally cars going 200 miles an hour, concrete wall. Yeah. You know, we lost Dale Earnhardt that way. Right. Well, now they have the safer barriers where it's like a cushion into the wall. There's a slow-mo of the corner of the car hitting the safer barrier, and you see it curve in. Wow, really? Like an S-curve. Huh. And you look at that, and somebody posted and said, it's insane they used to just have concrete walls. It's true. Just go right into it. Like, look, look at this. They should be congratulated for the safety precautions that they've taken because they've saved a lot of lives. They've done a great job. Yeah, I mean, I saw that wow. wreck. My kids were sitting with me, and they're like, is yeah. he okay? I'm like, believe it or not, like, you, you know, they don't understand. Like, it's not like a regular car. I was trying to explain to them. Like, they're in there in, like, a cage. I mean, so, like, he's fine. Unbelievable. It, it is, is a wild video, though. It, it's so right. Check it out in the morning show blog. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about a wild story. We've got one to talk about coming up next. I don't know if you saw this. A uh, They finally caught him. It's a months-long investigation. A guy in Tampa was caught injecting opioids under his neighbor's door. I heard about this. What the heck was this about? It is in, he's a chem student at USF. Jeez. Oh, and they caught him. They, they they put a hidden camera in a potted plant to catch him, and they turned it over to the cops. It's insane. Oh, my gosh. You got that? The latest on Adalia? The latest on Jacksonville 2 coming up next. The East South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. But these things can shift. There's still some uncertainty out there. So please just heed uh, the warnings of your local officials. Continue to watch the news. Yeah, he's uh, he called it. That was late yesterday afternoon. And boy, it shifted for sure, at least as far as strength goes. Now they're talking about Adalia. A lot of networks, a lot of meteorologists in agreement. Coming ashore somewhere, Panhandle, a little further south, maybe as a three. Yeah, that stinks. Talking li- a major hurricane. Don't like that. No, this is uh, you know Franklin is out there as a major hurricane, but that's kind of a fish storm right now. Even though that might actually head towards Bermuda. Yeah, that's right. So, so you feel bad for them. Mm. Um, but now you're talking about major hurricane. No one was really worried about this thing over the weekend, and. Here we are Monday morning, they're forecasting a three to hit Wednesday. Just so quickly. I mean, we Goodness. shouldn't be shocked that it happens that quickly, but, you know, still is kind of shocking. So, uh, obviously, you're not going to see campaign uh, candidate Ron DeSantis today. He's got a couple of things to deal with, both the Jacksonville shooting and this thing. But he's also uh, declared a state of emergency in just about half of the Florida counties. And maybe that'll expand even further, maybe even further south. Yeah. You know, south of Tampa, who knows, just in case. But they've also, uh, you know, and they do that to... You know, loosen up federal funds just in case. They've also mobilized um, 
you know, state forces as well, Florida Highway Patrol. They've got some power people heading over to the Big Bend area anyway. Yeah, already. So you know, I think I think you got to say preparation looks pretty good. You just got to hope for the best for this thing. And that's it, really. I mean, and you're talking to the way this thing is supposed to curve. You know, obviously we talk about the Panhandle right. area because that's where it's projected to go, or even you know, northern West Coast, if you will. Uh, but as it curves, you're even talking about possible hurricane conditions for Jacksonville because yeah, of the way this thing is going to go over. You know, so it's. You don't know. Give me something to watch for sure. Speaking of Jacksonville, uh, the sheriff there, TK Waters, he was the first to call it this. It's being handled as this kind of investigation. The uh, gunman's racist manifesto, mm. the diary of a madman at the shooting. They had a news conference on Sunday. He identified the 21 year old male who shot and killed three folks on Saturday near a historically black university. Uh, his name was, well, I'm not even going to give his name. I yeah. shouldn't give these maniacs any publicity whatsoever um they were looking into the ideologies everything else but this is an interesting comment from the sheriff at that very same press conference he was just completely irrational what is irrational what is irrational thoughts he knew what he was doing he was 100 lucid lucid but irrational and now that's an interesting description sounds like to me you're describing a psychopath that had a plan yeah you know I mean, you you know what you're doing, but you're completely irrational. Right. You're talking about, you know, someone who's absolutely lost it. Crazy person. It's just awful. I mean, you, you add in hate, obviously, with just being completely messed up in the head. This is what happens. You know, we, we talk about the mental health crisis in this country, and I think it's another example of it, unfortunately. But again, you won't hear that because it's already it's already devolved into just a gun debate, obviously, and it always gets stuck here. And nobody gets into any real answers. And nobody talks about, you know, what drugs he was on, what his background was, what the warning flags were, so we could try to stop this stuff. Nope. It'll be guns versus non no guns. Uh, just ridiculous. Every single time. Instead of trying to maybe get to some type of root cause. <clears throat> nope. They never do. They never do. It's very frustrating. And they'll release it. The, by the way, it needs to be said. They'll release this guy's manifesto pretty soon. Yeah. You seen the Nashville manifesto at all? Nope. Anything ever come from that? Did we, did we get? Did we dig any deeper in that? They have. They're just not letting us know. Not one peep at it, right? Anyway. All right. Now, this is the probably one of the most insane stories I've seen in a long time. Going back to Tampa for this one. Caught on camera because they suspected was something was wrong. So the, so the family planted a camera in a potted plant to catch... This guy, a chemistry student, accused of injecting opioids under his neighbor's door. This was nuts. He was I, upset at the noise I, they were making. They were a young family, I guess. My gosh. I think I got his name right. Zhu Ming Li was caught on hidden camera tampering with the bottom of his neighbor's door. Like clear as day, right there, like injecting a thing like under the under the doorway. Here's Umar <laughs> Abdullah. He's the uh, from the victim family here, talking about the attack on his family. Terrible. This thing this is insane. The first thing that came to my mind, my daughter and my wife, they need to be safe. A neighbor who supposedly, a regular guy, he was coming and harming us with chemical. That was very scary for us. He was squirting chemicals under their door. What is wrong with people, man? They had a, a strange smell. The, da- the young daughter's eyes were getting really watery. On a previous call, firefighters got ill trying to find the source of the smell. And they didn't know what it was until they set up the camera. Wow. How insane is that? I mean, was he trying to kill them? I have no idea. Was he just trying to quiet them down because he's another crazy person here? 
<laughs> you, you put opioids under your neighbor's door. Look, we've all had noisy neighbors before, but you don't go and try and poison them. I had seen, I had read part of the article too before, and they were saying, we had known him, he was like normal. But I guess he had some noise complaints about them. Well, that's how you handle it, oh I guess. gosh. He was a chemistry student at USF. He knew too much. He used use his powers for evil. That's what scares me. I started to think about breaking yeah, bad right, stuff. Yeah, right, exactly. Me. What else are they learning? Not good. Oh, my God. My goodness. I'm assuming this guy got arrested. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's not going to see the light of day for a Not a, long, a chemistry long student anymore. Oh, God. All right. It is nuts. We got a lot to catch up on coming up next. We'll uh, get the latest on Adalia, which got very powerful overnight. Uh, the Jacksonville situation, what they know, if anything about that. But we got to honor Bob Barker, too. We lost him. Yes, absolutely. What a life and career, though. But some great news Little League World Series, too. Team USA. We got that and more. It's next. It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams. Look, 850 WFTL. But these things can shift. There's still some uncertainty out there. So please just heed uh, the warnings of your local officials. Continue to watch the news. Yeah, and that's uh, has jumped up to the top story this morning, Adelia. Um, I don't know, very powerfully. came. Uh, there's a lot of agreement now that that's going to come ashore somewhere along the panhandle. Maybe a little bit south is a three which stinks because of their storm surge. But we'll update you because we know we have a lot of listeners who have concerns over their Diener and mm-hmm. maybe even property. But, uh, yeah, that stinks. Didn't want to see that. No, man. This um, It just escalated so quickly. I mean, I was watching some of this yesterday because, I mean, look, I, I'm not the norm. I'm kind of a weather nerd, so I keep up with all this stuff. Yeah. By the way, whenever Jen and I need to remember what a hurricane was in 1996, <laughs> It's like, oh, that was uh, so-and-so in October, uh, yeah. yeah. that's right. It's, it's, I don't know why that why I do that, but it's I, just see, It's weird because I black them out. I, I, I wish I could. It's just I don't know why they always stick with me, but they do. And w- Once one passes, I completely forget about the name. It's, it's like I don't want to think about it again. I know. Kristen asked me sometimes. She's like, what was that storm? I'm like, oh, yeah, it was this year. It was that storm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like Rain Man. When it, it was comes a Wednesday. <laughs> it's, yeah. very, it's very strange. But watching this over the weekend develop, it was yeah, like crazy. yesterday morning. Maybe it was going to be a category, maybe a category one by the time it was going to make landfall, and then this morning, oh, it's going to be a category three now forecast. It's like, geez, and it's two days away, not even like thirty six hours. Yeah. So, well, obviously, it's going to be the big topic for the next uh, couple of days. So, just continue to. Keep an eye on it as it develops, really. Just about. I think it's a little over half, and that'll probably grow. Uh, half of the Florida counties have been declared and are under a state of emergency. That's for federal funds mainly, and so they can loosen up some uh, some reinforcements there. They can send power people there. Uh, FHB has some people. Uh, Florida National Guard on the way to the panhandle already. So right. that's the, I, I'd say the preparation is, is pretty good for this so far. They've had so much warning on it. And they didn't wait until... You know, it looked like it was going to be a two or a three. They did start mobilizing over the weekend, so good for them. Because they know. I mean, once yeah. once these storms get into the Gulf, it can, you know, the rapid uh, intensification that happens. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for the Panhandle, too, in the West Coast. You know, you've had Ian. You had I mean, Charlie way back when in 2004. You had Michael about five years ago in the Panhandle. I came on as a five. They recently said Ian was probably a five when he came on, you know, West Coast last year. Laura came and hit the Panhandle a few years ago. That was a strong one. It's just there's so many storms we that come in that area. He's Storm Rain Man. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> you should just... You, you, Mike's weather page should hire you, and just every once in a while they'll go. Yeah, I can't even remember. <laughs> Diener, what was that one in uh, 1957? <laughs> oh, that was. Uh, 
<laughs> you just call me up. I wasn't even trying to prove anything, too. I was just like... <laughs> Think about all the storms that have come there. It's been insane. No, you're right, though. To, to prove the point, you're exactly right. So that's the last thing they need. Hate I hate the storm surge issue they have there. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. And we'll update you as we go on. Right. There. All right. In the meantime, before we get to the good news, um, the, the, nothing to be learned so far about the Jacksonville shooter, but there'll probably be a manifesto released. I don't know why we haven't seen the – if they're going to do that, why we haven't seen the Nashville manifesto, but they are on this one. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville uh, sheriff there said he was just in a, the guy was in a state as he shot three people in a Dollar General store. He was just completely irrational. With his irrational, with his irrational thoughts, he knew what he was doing. He was 100% lucid. So that's another thing. So not only that, a, a, a high-profile shooting case and this storm is why you're not going to see candidate Ron DeSantis today. He's going to be just completely based in the state today, talking yeah, about both to. of these things. He did talk about the shooting a little bit yesterday. It's kind of like an impromptu memorial. The shooting based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this was racially motivated. Uh, he was targeting people based on their race. Uh, that is totally unacceptable. It just seems to be the way things work these days. I would be shocked if we didn't see this manifesto released because of what was involved, details of the case. And yet others are completely covered up, which I think is part and parcel of the problem and how they handle these things. And it turns into a gun debate, and nobody ever gets into the answers of how maybe we can prevent these kinds of... What were the warning signs? You know, meant, it's not even a question anymore. Well, we know it was mental illness. What kind of drugs were involved? What were the red flags? Do, will we actually ask those questions? No. It gets stuck here. Yeah, unfortunately. No, you're right. The conversation gets mired Always when it comes to, well, you know, pro-gun or, or anti-gun, instead of looking at some of the other issues or causes that might bring somebody to do something like this. Drives me nuts. Ugh. It really does. But that's that. <clears throat> so you're going to hear more about that today. Um, we can't go any further without honoring this guy. What a life and career of Bob Barker. Man. We lost is... him at 99. But you know, what a life. Well, he's such a life, though, and so old, you can't feel that bad. No, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, well, you know, it's sad. I mean, we, we all love Bob Barker, watched him for all of our lives. But then you think, well, he's 99. He lived a full and incredible, legendary life. So in that aspect, you're like, you know, God bless him. He went to 99. But you can't help but to feel sad. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's a loss. It is. You know, it's somebody that everybody, anybody you know, grew up or at some point, you know, watched Price is Right and Bob Barker was a part of your life. It seems like, oh, it was a long time ago, but it seems like even longer. He signed off with the show in 19, uh, 2007. I didn't realize it was, wow, 16 years ago. But he did it for like 50 years. This was yeah. the actual sign-off. I want to thank you very, very much for inviting me into your home for the last 50 years. I mean, that's like a, that's like an iconic staple of American culture, that guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about some TV legends. I think about, you know, like uh, Regis Philbin. Yeah. Or, you know, like Bob Hope, Lucille Ball. Bob Barker is right up there with all of them. I think he'd have honestly. to be. I think he would have to be. It's, ah, man, that, that was sad, you know, especially for, yeah, like again, he touched a lot of people in different generations. But for like a 90s kid like myself, one of the things that we always talk about was you stayed home from school, Price is Right was on. Bob oh, Barker was right there. Oh, you, you have know? to. Get your chicken soup ready to go and <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. The flu with Bob. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is sad. This is amazing, though. I always look, We always look at this. People start to ask the question, what was your key to longevity? You know, they asked him over the, over the decades because he was getting really old. Yeah. Well, I never, had never heard this until today. But apparently, 
Bob was a drinker. I go home and I I sit down and I get my head leaning back and get my foot up above my heart. And then I sip tequila and I feel better. (laughs) Whoa! Makes me feel better about the weekend. Hey now, yeah. We're <laughs> I'm gonna live till 99 now. <laughs> what is the what is what is the threshold, by the way, when people start coming up to you? What birthday is it? They start coming up and they're saying, "How are you still alive?" <laughs> That's a bad sign, isn't it? It's like, hey, what's your key to longevity? Shut up! I'm only 50. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, happy birthday. By the way, how are you living this long? <laughs> what advice can you give me? <laughs> I gotta tell you though, honestly. I don't think they've ever had any definitive studies that prove that alcohol is especially good for you. But I got to tell you, every time we have one of these old people stories, you know, this lady broke the record. She's the longest living in Texas. What you? I have a beer a day. Bob Barker had tequila. He was 99. It's, it's, it's a common thing. Everything in moderation, as long as you don't overdo it. Look at the queen. Remember we had that story? Drink but a day. They, told, they, they took uh, away her martinis, and a year later she was gone. Yep. Screwed up a routine. Dead. You can't do it. Can't do it. Come on. Man. All right. We got, we got, we got, <laughs> that went sideways. Sorry. Well, it happens. <laughs> how we delve into these yeah. issues. But it's true. There's a common link with booze and old people. There is. You see it all the time. It's also a common link with booze and people who die too young, but well, that's all right. you know, it's moderation. That's all. R.I.P. Bob Barker. My mother used to say that all the time. <laughs> Everything in moderation. That's it. And he used to go, even heroin, Ma? <laughs> all right, Just moving a on. a little. We'll have the latest on uh, Adelia uh, for the West Coast and see what's going on with that whole thing. But we've got the Little League World Series U.S. champs to talk about, too. That was awesome. Yes. All right, that really cool. It's coming up next. The East South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Yeah, I had a feeling that Jennifer Correa would come in today. Our meteorologist from Channel 5 saying, rainy squalls. Even for us, way, 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 way in the outer bands of Adelia. Um but you got to figure because this thing is pretty wide. And we know it's powerful. And just the amount of power this thing generated really just this morning. Now they're talking about, and when you pay attention to where the way they write these things up, it went from Big Bend area, Panhandle, this and that. <clears throat> the first time I've seen it listed in the past hour, Diener, is maybe somewhere north of Tampa. Yeah, right. Now they're just, they kind of open up that possibility. Yeah. Of, you know, possible, they, they were pretty positive about Panhandle, now it's kind of making that curve, and just I depends on how fast it goes. I hope this doesn't curve too much, it really right. does, but we'll keep an eye out for you. But they are, there is a lot of agreement of this thing coming ashore at some point over the next couple of days as a three. That's not good wherever it lands, so that, you know, we'll update you. Ugh. I know, man. It's, and it. Meanwhile, I know it doesn't really affect us, but it will affect Bermuda, unfortunately. Franklin. Yeah. The Hurricane Franklin, that's already a major hurricane, the first right. one of the season. It's a Category 4 now. Mm-hmm. And so now that's out there spinning up towards Bermuda. Yep. It's a shame. Jeez. God, it spun away, though, so that's good news there. Yeah. Uh, just as far as emergency management goes, they have mobilized a lot. Florida Highway Patrol, Florida National Guard headed to the at least the Panhandle area already. Way. There is a state of emergency declared in just about half the state. Uh, I think it's over 33 counties now that may grow a little bit more. So preparation-wise, you know that they're on it. So that that's a good thing. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is in the state today. No campaigning, obviously. Thank God. Thank God he's not trying no, to campaign I was, anywhere. I thought about that this morning. No. With you know, I know he was out there in Jacksonville yesterday, but between that, you know, the tragedy there with that mm. psychopath shooting up a Dollar General store, right. and now between the storm, he's going to have to. You know, just take the whole week off as far as campaigning. Nadalia is going to take over the news cycle 
for the rest of the week, really. He's got a busy, busy, yeah, busy plate going on today for sure. Uh, just speaking of Tampa Bay again, this is this just popped up a little while ago. They're now under hurricane watch and storm surge watch. Still on the outer, you know, uh, I guess odds of this thing, but just in case they've included that in, the, in there now, is they they got a much wider area than they had even last night. Yeah, as far as a if you want to talk cones. Yeah, and then you know, like you're saying too, the uh, the uh, storm surge. Yeah, you know the way that's going to come up. They're talking maybe around like 11 feet, and this is all preliminary. Look, it's Monday morning. You know, they're talking about maybe sometime early Wednesday morning. This thing comes on shore wherever it's going to be on the west coast. So you just you hope they're wrong about the intensity, but all the models are tracking that way that this thing is going to intensify once it really moves off the uh, Yucatan area. Pass through Cuba. We'll keep an eye on it for you. That's for sure. All yeah. right. Uh, to the swampy kind of stuff for a quick little second. The judge overseeing President Trump's January 6th case is expected to set a trial date later on today. It's hard to keep track of these, isn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you think there are two divergent sides on this? Um, the Trump team wants the trial pushed off until 2026. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jack Council team wants it for a January 24 start date. Oh, wow. A little disparity there on that one? So the start of the election year. Uh, yeah. Next January. Well, next year in January, I should say. And so it's a little, two years apart there. Then you know what? They can meet in the middle. How about January 20th, uh, 2025? Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and here's, here's Trump joke. campaign watch. Now, obviously, with the Trump mugshot, it is a whole cottage industry for a lot of people. I saw two... Trump mugshot t-shirts in the wild, two separate people this weekend walking around, yeah. like in real life. Then on social media, I saw the, the guy with the amazing Trump mugshot tattoo on his calf from Vegas. I saw the Trump <laughs> mural in Atlanta. I saw that over the weekend. And now they have, so the Trump campaign site has Trump official t-shirts for 47 bucks and coffee mugs. I, I love this coffee mug thing. And coffee mugs. Now, I don't know if that goes into the fundraising things, because separate organic donations of, like, small dollar amounts, uh, since the Georgia indictment totals over $7 million, from just the mugshot, since the mugshot was released, $4 million raised in small money donations. It's incredible. It's, wow. We, we said this was going to happen. We called wow. this. And one of the few times we can pat ourselves on the back here, because we knew as soon as they got a mugshot from him, it would be a rallying cry for people. And it would turn people who maybe weren't going to vote for him, turn them toward him. Because they see a, a former president who's being unjustly persecuted. I'm hearing that a lot. From yeah. a lot of people who even had no interest in anything of any of this stuff. Because they see that something's wrong. You know what the other takeaway is? How clueless as far as being tapped into what real Americans think of the Democrats at this point. At least in Fulton County. I'm sure, I'm sure there were there were other, and now we're finding out that, you know, they were getting advised by the Biden administration. I'm sure they were <laughs> advised not to do a mugshot, and they ignored it anyway, just out of spite. That's right, exactly. That's spite, that's a power trip that's saying, look at us, we're, we got him, we're going to get a mugshot at him, we're going to put him up behind bars. All right, congrats, look what you got now. Yeah, good job, guys. <laughs> All right, to get out of that mess into something awesome, how about the Little League World Series, Team USA does it! Love this. And by Team USA, I mean the team from El Segundo, California. <laughs> they, burnt, they beat Curacao, and it was a walk-off home run. I yes. Don't, I don't know how many, throughout Little League World Series, how many times that's happened. Probably not that often. I mean, it's rare. I would think so, right? What drama. But <laughs> as you listen to this, I think, oh, the, I think the announcer on ESPN, I think he jinxed 
the Curacao pitcher. You don't ever say this. Curacao has not allowed a home run at the World Series. Listen to that crowd. It's an awesome, awesome tournament. It just is. Really cool, man. Oh, I love it. And like, like the announcer said there, too, he's going to remember this for the rest of his life. Him and his family, they can look back on that, watch the clips, and look at the pictures. That's awesome, man. You hit a walk-off to win the World Series. You got it forever. Yeah. There have been a ton of Major League players, past and present, that have been in this tournament. Like a ton of them, which makes sense. That's Yeah, that's true. Man. And then they go on, they do great things, so really cool to see. Uh, the U.S. team doesn't normally win. No, they don't. They really don't. You To the finals, a ton. Yeah. But mm. they normally end up getting beat at some point. And Good for them. Awesome to see that. It's an awesome feeling. All right, we got rapid fire coming up next. There's a lot going on. We'll catch you up. Coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Jen's back tomorrow. There's Diener. I'm Bill. Keep it here. Time for Jen and Bill's Rapid Fire on News Talk 850 WFTL. There is a lot going on. Almost too much for a Monday, but we're going to update you best we can. Jen's out today. She's coming back tomorrow. Had a nice uh, weekend outdoor with the family. There's Diener. I'm Bill. Well, obviously, the talk this morning has turned almost completely to uh, Idalia, the yeah. big uh, current tropical storm, but expected to be most likely a Category 3 hurricane at some point for Florida's West Coast. Mostly, they're still mostly talking about the panhandle, but for the first time in the past hour, they've said, well, maybe possibly north of Tampa. They're trying to keep it very generic because they don't know exactly. They're going to come to some sort of a consensus most likely today and find out a lot about that stuff. Big concern is storm surge in that area. As you know, um, the good news is a lot of stuff's been mobilized already. Half the state has been declared a state emergency. That's I guess about half of the Florida counties, maybe even more coming today. Uh, Florida National Guard has been mobilized for that area, as well as some Florida Highway Patrol troopers. I'm sure there's any power trucks there, too. It's just a day of preparing, I guess. That's what it is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly it. I mean, because this thing kind of developed over the weekend. The situation developed anyway to where they realized, okay, this is going to be an issue. There was some speculation late last week that right. this was going to be something, you know, at the beginning of the week coming into the Gulf. And now we're in the situation where the official forecast is calling for a major hurricane to make landfall. So today's preparation day, and a lot of people are really just kind of finding out about it now. Yeah, imagine imagine if you live in uh, the Panhandle, right? Right. Maybe you're away for the weekend. You just got in. You knew that this thing was bubbling. Last week, all they talked about it was a blob. Yeah. Except for a select few. And then you didn't really pay attention. You wake up this morning, you're like, what are you talking about a Cat 3? Huh? And that's how quickly they can develop. Yeah, think about that. I mean, you're going to work this morning, say, you know, in Gainesville or something like that, or even right off the coast, like on you know Cedar Key, and you're like, oh, I can't go to work now, or I'm going to have to leave early because this thing's coming early Wednesday morning as a Cat 3. we got to prepare. That's crazy. You have, like, almost no time. So at least you do have today. Get your affairs in order. When you're, you know, you're up there, you still have tomorrow, too, but that's, like, right before things are going to start to go downhill. Yeah. And we're just... It's going to be the story of the week, unfortunately. And yeah, it is. I know we got a lot of people who have people in that area, so just keep an eye. We'll update you as soon as we hear anything. Yeah. So we were keeping an eye, speaking about things last week we were keeping an eye on, 
Tucker and Trump. Oh, the, God. The video that they did on debate night. I wonder what the views are at now. Now that you've had a whole, you know, people who didn't see it, they have a weekend to catch up on it. Where is it at now? Do you see it? Yeah, I actually brought it up, and it's for a good reason. So I'll connect these two. So Tucker and Trump it got over 200,000 retweets. It got <laughs> over 800,000 likes. And this is on Tucker's page, not Trump's page. Remember right. that. And it got over 260 million impressions on Twitter. 260 million. It's one of the most, forget about interviews, one of the most watched things of all time. It's insane. I mean, that surpasses <laughs> a Super Bowl when you think about it. So that's that interview with Trump. Hypothermical, as you and Jen like to say. Yes. What would an interview with Putin be like? <laughs> <laughs> because this is a thing. Apparently, according to the reports, Tucker's team has reached out formally put in a request to interview Vladimir Putin for his Twitter show. Can you imagine what that would be like? So, first of all, who do you contact? <laughs> now, Diener, you reach out for interviews quite often. Like, can you can you send fire off an email to the Kremlin for us, would you? I wouldn't even know where to start. Hello. Come on. Uh, we would like an interview with Vlad. You know, that people are going to say, oh, sure he has on Putin right after he has Trump. Wonder how he got his number. Oh, God, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the next thing. That's, I told you Tucker was a Putin puppet. Here we go. It's, it was Elon. Ah. <laughs> oh, my God, this hysteria. What if it, you're right, though. What if it comes through? Obviously, there'd be a translator. Right. <clears throat> it would... All right, well, what's the question we start with? Would it would it surpass the Trump interview? I think it would. <laughs> because, because worldwide, right? Ro- worldwide, and I think the curiosity, you don't see American journalists do interviews with Putin. I mean, a handful of times they've done this. Yeah, they're all dead after. Yeah, really, exactly. Maybe with the exception of, like, Mike Wallace. I don't know. But if, if Tucker did this and put this on Twitter X, I, it would just explode the internet. I mean, it would go like wild. It would be the Trump interview, but I think it would, they would actually double it. I really do. All right, let's 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 plot this out. Let's imagine it in our little heads how this would go. Tucker, first question: Did you kill Prigozhin? <laughs> I want to see him pull off that laugh with Putin. <laughs> Now, that's another question. Would they be face-to-face or would this be, you know, via satellite? It would have to be via satellite. Although, I, I, he, although, I don't know. Tucker travels, you know, when he did that, t- which was pretty big, too, that he did the interview with the Tate brothers. Yeah, that's right. He went to Romania. He did. That's so true. So he will travel. Boy, he would have to be he guarantees that he's safe in Moscow. We cannot we lose Tucker. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing, though. God, I hope it happens. What a, what a scene that would be. Man. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if that happens down the road, but they're talking about Tucker and Putin. I don't know. In three months, he would have gone to do it a ride-along with Ice-T in South Central <laughs> to interviewing Putin in Moscow. <laughs> it's quite the range, Tucker. Wow. Has. Yeah. Well, we're going to update you on this. Do you remember the big... All right. Five years ago, maybe? I'd put it at five years ago. The massive, sudden... Intense push to get rid of plastic straws. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, we all woke up one day and you were some sort of a criminal if you had a plastic straw. They found one turtle with a plastic straw in its nose and they just canceled them. About five years. Yeah. Listen to this turnabout. Researchers in Europe tested straws from 39 different paper straws. Oh boy, here we go. It's it's no joke. 90% of the paper straws had... Forever chemicals. 90%? Linked to health issues like cancer. Oh, Lord. How about that? That's insane. I will say this. Now, Disney got rid of their plastic straws. It's like not even an option. Right. 
but they do have the paper straws. In some places, though, they don't even give you a straw. Like it's not, I know, you're just, I'm like a savage. Yeah, I'm just, well, you expect me to drink this Coke full of ice without a straw? Okay, great, thanks. So these forever chemicals, they've talked about for a while, but they thought it was only in plastic. But that wasn't the concern of how to get rid of the paper, the plastic straws. It was an environmental thing for the animals, yeah. mostly an environmental thing. But the paper straws may be causing more problems for both people and the environment. Wow, how about that for a twist, huh? I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. They're certainly not good for the environment. You can put it at that. So all that hubbub, all of that hoopla and hullabaloo over the, the, the paper versus plastic straws. Get rid of them. We have to do paper straws. Everybody went, all these corporations went woke and green, put, giving you paper straws. And now they're even worse than plastic. No, it doesn't mean we're going to get our plastic straws back. No, I guarantee not. that. It just means like what, what some place is doing. No straws whatsoever. They're just going to start giving you a spoon with your Coke now. <laughs> no, because there's a plastic. Can't oh, have no. them. Yes. <laughs> we're going to be eating like fast food with our... With no straws in here, our hands like savages. You can't even use a spork anymore. Like, all the all the cups will be like a sippy cup. You That's look like right. a, you look like an infant drinking out of a, a diet coke or something. <laughs> That's just gonna come to. <laughs> God. So I'll finish off with this. This is actually good news. It was kind of scary on Saturday night, but it finished off well. Dolphins, along with many other teams in the NFL, were playing their final preseason games right. over the weekend. And this is a similar situation. This actually happened in a Patriots game a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The Patriots had a scary hit, and they carted off the player on the field, and they ended up canceling the rest of the game. They did. And this happened on Saturday with the Dolphins. They were playing the Jaguars in Jacksonville, and a uh, rookie wide receiver, local kid actually from Hollywood, uh, Daywood Davis, got a nasty hit. Linebacker came over the middle, got his head. Yeah, they carted him off. Carted him off, fell you know flat to the ground. He wasn't moving. All the players came out. So they, you know, they stabilize him on the, the golf cart there on the backboard, and there he goes. And then you saw it. Mike McDaniel and Doug Peterson, the coaches, came over, and they started discussing, yeah, we're going to cancel the game. And they did. They ended it in the fourth quarter, about eight minutes left. But David Davis, thankfully, is okay. So they Good. took him to the hospital that night, and they actually flew him back down to Miami yesterday, cleared you know, as far as when he's going to be able to play again. Not sure. It seemed like it was some type of really bad concussion. Because he was just knocked out cold, right? But he has moving all the, you know, all of his extremities. Good. Nothing like with his neck, nothing like that. But it was a scary scene when it happened. That's for sure. Uh, so it's happened a few times this preseason where they've canceled the rest of the game when that happens because then it becomes a real dangerous issue. The players aren't in the right state of mind, right? You know, because they're worried about their teammate, their friend. I can give you an update too. The Isaiah Bolden kid, the kid from the uh, the Patriots, Patriots. He's yeah. okay too. He's just in, you know, concussion. Good. Yeah, that's what it seems like for both of them. But Not you know, to say that a concussion's okay. No, I'm just saying. right. But, you know, comparatively speaking to any type of neck injuries or what we saw last year with DeMar Hamlin, which is where I think a lot of these precautions mm. now are coming from, where they're saying, especially in preseason, they're just saying, let's just yeah, no end this doubt. game and it doesn't doesn't count. Regular yeah. season, they wouldn't be ending a game like that. Yep. Good. Good to hear that. So he's, he's okay, thankfully. Looked a lot worse. All right, we'll wrap it up. Uh, final segment coming up next. We'll give you the latest on what they're saying. If there's any updates on Adelia, the uh, storm that should be bearing down pretty soon on the uh, panhandle. What do you think about this? New law requiring kids under 18 to have a driver's license to drive a golf cart. I feel like old man get off my lawn type guy, but I, I get it. I think I get it. I'm, I get it now that I found out how many accidents are involved yeah. with this now. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. You don't need um, a strong storm or an impressive storm in this part of Florida to produce 
life-threatening storm surge. Um, and I think this is going to be the part of the storm that really catches people off guard. Well, that's Jamie Rome, uh, Deputy Director of the National Hurricane Center, talking about the particular area where Edalia could most likely affect on Florida's panhandle, and it's not good because of storm surge. So that's why we're paying such close attention to the thing. Right. Besides the fact that it gains such power overnight, which shouldn't shock us, but it still does, because last night we were even saying, well, if they get a one, okay, good deal. Almost immediately this morning when we came in, Diener, all media outlets and uh, and weather outlets were agreeing at a three. That's, yeah, that's the projection now. That was the crazy thing. I mean, because to be fair, it's still a tropical storm right now, so you never know. Maybe it fizzles right. out. I seriously doubt that happens, but I guess you never know. But th- that was the main thing is when we started the show, uh. we were talking, okay, maybe it might be a two now. And then I said to you on a break, you know, I'm seeing this thing might be a three. I'm not even sure if I should mention it. And then it became the national forecast. I was like, oh my gosh, like within 30 minutes. That's kind of nuts. So hopefully it doesn't get forecast to be any stronger than that. Let's see. Governor DeSantis, uh, not candidate DeSantis, both with the Jacksonville shooting and now especially with this storm now. Thank God he's not going to try to like fit in any... uh any uh, you know appearances out of state right. in his Good, presidential smart. run. Thank God he did talk about the storm. But these things can shift. There's still some uncertainty out there. So please just heed uh, the warnings of your local officials. Continue to watch the news. Yep, exactly, which is what we'll do for you. Keep an eye on that thing because we know a, a lot of you have concerns in that area, uh, not just property, but really more importantly people. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what's going on. All right, in the meantime, it's kind of a lighter story. But it's it's causing this like angry visceral reaction in the state of Florida. What happened? This this had come up before and it did pass. And coming up October first, if you're under eighteen, you you need a license to drive a golf cart. That's right. Yeah. Now, how many kids do you see? And I mean kids around the state driving a golf cart. A lot. A lot. Yep. <laughs> so apparently. It's it's causing a lot of controversy. People had really fought against this because they don't want their kids fined going on, you know, who knows what the fine is going to be. I don't, I don't even know. This has gone even further now, and they want to require it for everybody. On a road now, you got to have a license if you're going to take it like 35 miles and above or something. You know, some of the really revved up ones. Sure. You know, but if you're just talking about weekend golfing duffers, you know, <laughs> driving around... Very few people would even carry a license around with them driving these things. So it's caused a controversy because they think it's too much of a crackdown. So does, does this also include like just neighborhood driving? You know, you're driving around? That's what they're saying. Wow. Like all kids, and then it would be adults everywhere, including off of the golf course. That's Yeah, that's, that's a big change. And now, look, I get it for the kids. I've seen like 12-year-olds driving the golf carts before down oh, the street. And it's like, all right, that might be... A little much. I mean, I get it. You know, parent supervision. Maybe they taught them well. But still, like being a parent now, my, my views are much different than they were like 15 years ago. Oh, I'm with you. Now I'm like, you know, oh, no. <laughs> years ago, it would have been, oh, you're soft. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this might change your mind, though. Turns okay. out 6,500 kids across the country, under eight kids being under 18, are involved in accidents with golf carts. Yeah. That's... And that's what the, the organization that pushed for this to be approved, well, regardless, October 1st, they got to start cracking down on it. Yeah, either way. I got a lot of kids in my neighborhood motoring around on these things. <laughs> Get those fake IDs ready for the kids. I got to start yelling at them. You got a license? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Just cracking down on them. Thanks for hanging out. We'll update you on the storm as we go. Uh, all the other news stories as well. Jen's back tomorrow. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you soon.